0: Mostly radio Hour, Episode 109. We're going to talk more about sex. We're going to talk about the power of sex, and we're going to talk about the seven tools of transformation. If we have time, I I have a lot to cover tonight. But um, why don't we uh, have a drink and come back in just a minute, and we'll plunge right in. Talk to you in a minute. Is it hot here? Is it hot where you are? It's as my mom used to say. It's like they blowed open the gates of hell here, and the devil is dancing in your garden. It's uh, not just heat. You know they say it's the humidity. And the thing is, there's a thing called humidity sickness. Do you know what this is? When it gets so humid, you can't sweat, and so your body cannot uh, cool off like it's supposed to. and you get nauseous and weak and dizzy, and some people hallucinate. And, uh, your imaginary friends pop out of the woodwork and, uh, it's something, and you know what, when, uh, I was a kid, they, they said, Do you have imaginary friends? And I would say, I am an imaginary friend. And my teachers thought I was very strange and they were right. I am. This is the crystal silence league hour. And for those of you who don't know, the crystal silence league was founded around 1917 by a chap named Claude Alexander Conlon, about whom you can read a whole lot of stuff, uh, a man of legend, and some of those legends, I believe, were started by, by himself, <laughs> and uh, 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 some spread by detractors, and some we don't know anything about, but we do know that he was a highly successful man in his life, and he made and lost a few fortunes, and then made one and retired, so he uh, he was an adventurer. We know he, he went to Alaska looking for gold and stuff, and got involved in some um, activities there that... May have cost, uh, could have cost his life, and then he uh, made some powerful friends and came to this back to America and had, was in show business for a while and in business and did a number of things. So um, he founded the Crystal Silence League for the purposes of distributing positive affirmation and prayer to all those in need. And members of the Crystal Silence League were given a crystal ball and instructions um, on the use of the crystal ball and we still have those books that he gave members of the Crystal Silence League, and you can get those from us with crystals in our gift shop. You go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, and there you will find us. You'll also find a page where you can post prayers. and Many, many people will pray for you, and we're very pleased to announce that you can also remove your own prayers when um, the need for prayer has passed. We don't have to do that for you anymore like we used to. And you also... um, We'll be glad to know that the pastors of the Crystal Silence League, of which I am one, pray for you also, Uh, some of us pray for you three times a day. We'll often print off uh, many of those prayers, uh, 10 to 20 of them a day we print off, and we put those uh, under our crystal ball altars, those of us that have them, and we uh, use the crystal ball to pray for you, as Mr. Conlon did back in his day. Um, So it's always been my custom to start uh, the show with uh prayers we pray for some of the folks who are who put the prayers there but first let's talk about our uh, crystal of the week and uh i decided to go back to the basics i think our most basic crystal next to clear quartz is the amethyst and uh, uh you know the amethyst go it's a been a magic stone since forever and uh, you know the word amethyst comes from a greek word that means sober that means not drunk uh amethystos, uh, which means not drunk. It was believed that if you had amethyst on you, uh, you, you wouldn't get drunk. And uh, they have, uh, you can still find these goblets uh, in, that were made in ancient Greece of, of amethyst that was believed if you drank from these, you would not become drunk. This is, this is what was believed. Uh, in my experience, it doesn't work. You can wear as many amethysts you can bury yourself in them, have your pockets full of them, and you're going to get drunk. Sorry. Uh, amethyst is a, a, a stone being purple that resonates uh, with your third eye, crown chakra, depending on the shade. And I'll tell you that if you put it under your pillows, it can help nightmares. It can also help you with your experiments in vivid dreamy, dreaming. It can help you with uh, your astral travels. And it can also protect you from nighttime spiritual attack it's a very handy stone in that respect and they're not expensive uh, it can help assist you with uh, prophetic dreams and clairvoyant dreams and visions and you can also uh, use them to help you with problems of hearing uh, ten tinnitus or tinnitus I always add an extra ten to that tinnitus um, and uh, with headaches so, it's a very valuable stone, and you can, you can get tons of them. Uh, I know many people wear them as earrings for uh, protective purposes. Um, they'll, uh, they help you with uh, muddied thinking, they can help clear your consciousness. And if you deal with stress a lot, they can be uh, called upon to help you with the mental uh, uh, problems of stress. They're uh, like many. Uh, many stones that can be used in protective work, especially if there's angry or hostile people in your environment. Uh, great aids with meditation. Uh, sometimes they're using spells for love to attract people to you of good intention. So the amethyst has many powers. Uh, lots of legend and lore about it. It was said that uh, St. Valentine had a ring made of amethyst. It's uh, linked to the temperate card. Temper- temperance card in the tarot Um, it's uh, it was said that um, uh, Bacchus the god of wine uh, was in love with
1: a with a a Greek girl named Amethyst
0: and uh, she rejected him and apparently she uh, she uh, uh, um, was eaten by his tigers and he and the gods turned her into this white gemstone, and he became intoxicated with grief and poured his wine on the gemstone, and that's why it has purple running through it. So, um, it's an interesting interesting legend. Uh, the lesson there is, if the god of wine wants to go to bed with you, don't reject him, or his tigers will eat you, and then you'll wind up as a gemstone. So, you know, that's what some of these lessons are. That's Amethyst, our stone the week. You can do the direct infusion method. It's, it's quartz. Amethyst is quartz like citrine and many other things. You know, if, uh, sometimes you find uh, amethyst and citrine together in one stone. It's called ametrine. And isn't that great? I got a piece of it. It's beautiful. There's only one place in the world uh, that ametrine uh, is found. I think it's uh, Brazil. Don't hold me to that. But there's only one place in the world ametrine is found. And uh, there's... Uh, Uh, sometimes amethyst has uh, uh, other infusions in it, inclusions in it. uh, And uh, um, there's uh, smoky quartz you can find in it. Uh, uh, There's uh, I know ametrine you have it. There's rutilated amethyst which I've seen. It's got... uh, something, it's called, a uh, uh, gothalite, I think, gothalite or ghostalite, and, uh, gothalite, which is kind of a brownish, muddy-looking thing, which is, it's like a iron oxide, and, uh, it's a, uh, it's a very highly prized, it's not that common, and I remember I found one in a, uh, in a shop, and, uh, and I said, oh, it's related amethyst, and, uh, the girl that was working there said, "Yeah, that, that's 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 a flawed one. I'll let you have it for five dollars." And I thought, "Oh wow, I'll take it." Yeah, she didn't know what she had. She thought it had, you know, dirt running through it, and I thought that's rudlated. I think. And then someone who knows more about crystals, than me, said, "Yeah, that those are really hard to find, really." So uh, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes the universe is good to you. Sometimes the universe punches you in the pants, but you know, sometimes it's good to you. So that's what that's what we have. Um, Amethyst. Sometimes has many identities, just like just like some of us do. Um, let's go to our prayer page, uh, Crystal Silence League. Um, you go to the prayer requests. You can actually see these prayers. Um, you don't see them in the view. I see them because you know I have the secret password and I can go see them in their private form. I can see your name. I see your identities. I see your pictures. And what a good looking group you are! Oh, some of these couples are just heartbreaking. Uh, such good-looking couples, and some of you are having such problems. And tonight we're going to pray. I do not call your names out loud. Uh, we are always anonymous in the Crystal Silence League, unless you want your name uh, called out. And some people put their name there and say, "You know, hey, I, I am, you know, I am, a, I am Bejesus Smith, and I'd like you to pray for me." Some people do that. You know, and you're allowed to. Uh, what we don't ask is that you put other people's names in the prayer, because we'll edit them out. You know, you can't say. Yeah, yeah, that, that SOB Billy Jones next door, he's a pain in my butt and I want you to pray him out of here. You know, you can't do that. Um you know, you, you can be sued. I don't think they can sue us, we're nonprofit, but you know, we uh, we just don't like that kind of stuff. You can put your dog there, you can say, you know, my you know, my dog Pennyworthy is uh, is you know, having worms and can you pray the worms out of him? You know, we'll try it, we'll try it, we'll do what we can. Giving him a purgative might work better, but we'll pray the purgative will work for you. But anyway, I'm I'm kind of in a good mood today, so I'm I'm all over the place. You know, I walk a fine tightrope here, folks. Uh, I just walk this fine stream of consciousness tightrope, and it doesn't take much to blow me off into another tangent. Believe me. Let's start some prayers. And prayer ID six three six nine one. Who prays? Thank you for purifying and cleansing me emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And thank you for deepening my devotion. Thank you so much. Amen. Well, you're certainly welcome. We do what we can for you. Prayer ID 63690. He says, thank you for opening the way and bringing me a new job at this time. Thank you for allowing me to have a job that allows me to save enough money each month so I can accomplish my future goals. Thank you for giving me a job that allows me to pay all my bills with ease. And thank you for bringing this job to me in a quick manner. Amen. ID 63688. And it says, my, my husband works three jobs, and I know he is tired, but I have needs too. I want him to make love, kiss, caress me, and take time when we are together. I ask that he not get enough of me and to dominate him. I want him to desire me in all possible ways and make me feel wanted, to unleash his passionate, possessive, jealous side, give me his total attention, show how much he loves me, and express it. Be successful in all we do alone and as a couple. Bless our marriage. Amen. Oh, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. Prayer ID 63687. I am struggling with someone at one of my jobs. The person acts like no one has any authority over them. They're always complaining about privileges granted to others when they have no earned their own privileges. Their character is also in question and my part in all of this. I just want them to do their part and do it right instead of worrying about what everyone else is doing. Oh, somebody's got a big nose, Something. It may come down to my leaving the job because no one will stand up and make them do their job. So I guess the prayer is... We're praying for them to keep their big bazoo out of everyone else's business. God, amen. Prayer ID 63686. Pray for my fast reconciliation with my boyfriend, M. His evil brother, D, knows we are apart and that M is emotionally vulnerable. D will try to manipulate him for money by getting him drinking again. You see, M is an alcoholic. D is one of the most evil people I have met, along with the mother. The mother does hexes to break us up so she can get all M's money. Pray for divine justice to both these people to completely lose all their magical power and influence over M for good. Amen. In prayer ID 63685, he says, I am asking for help with prayers for financial assistance to get mortgage, car note bills paid. Realtor just put house for lease sign and yard. We're praying for miracles. Hope God, God's will will be done. Good honest people. Thank you. And prayer ready six three six eight four. May hey, me and the woman I should be with be brought together in loving union. Amen. Well, son, I see your picture. You look like you look like uh, Johnny Depp. I don't see how why well you have any problems with women, man. You ought to be. Push him away with a stick. You look like uh, Captain Jack Sparrow or somebody. Gosh, you're a good-looking man. Prayer ID 63683. I pray that I get through this and my house gets out of foreclosure. I'm doing everything I can to save it. My mom left me her house. I would never be the same if I lost it. Please, everyone, pray that I can keep my house and everything works out. God bless everyone. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 63682, O Lord, defend us, I call to you, listen to my cry, I cry to you for help, do not condemn us with the wicked, with those who do evil, punish them for what they have done, for the evil they have committed, punish them for all their deeds, release punishment to those who want to kill me and my wife. Give them what they deserve, punish them, and destroy them forever. The Lord protects and defends us. We trust in Him. He gives us help and makes us glad. I praise Him with joyful songs. Save your people, Lord, and bless those who are yours. Amen. Prayer ID 63681. Please pray with me that all my roadblocks and delays and any obstacles in my path are removed now so I may move forward with my life and my life partner. It is time for me to go on a better path and start building a strong foundation with him and him alone without any third-party interference. Amen and thank you. Prayer 63680. I'm asking for prayers with K, J, J, and T. This is their first year as a freshman in college to keep them focused on their goals and majors Keep good study habits and surround themselves with like-minded students with completing and turning in homework, meeting all deadlines, and study for all class assignments and tests and exams. Also for them to seek tutoring at any time when needed. And thank God for this opportunity that is given to them. Build a hedge of protection around them. Amen. Prayer 63679. I'm dealing with a hernia, uterine fibroids, and a long list of other health problems. My prayer is for those along with my long list of many ailments to miraculously go away for good. Also, my boyfriend, C, had heart surgery this past April. His doctor said if the surgery doesn't help, that he would need a second operation, and he says he'll feel he'll have to. He also has type 2 diabetes and a smoking habit. He's also overweight. My youngest son is autistic. My prayer is for their complete and total and permanent healing. Thanks to you all for your prayers. Amen. God help these people. God help them. Prayer ID 63678. Oh, this is the same person, same prayer. I'm sorry. It's a repeat. Prayer ID 63677. My Lord, in Jesus' name, I came to my Lord asking for healing for my niece, M, attempted with... Attempted with typhoid fever. Afflicted, I bet. Afflicted with typhoid fever. I apply the blood of Jesus to cleaning all infections in the body of my niece. I seek your protection for my niece. Don't let her die. Protect her from enemies, traps. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have just a couple more. Prayer ID 63673. I pray that B forgives K from all the hurtful things she's done in the past. I also pray that K forgives B. This relationship has a lot of past hurt. I ask for healing and forgiveness, also a speedy recovery to a fun and loving relationship. Because they're about to have their first baby together. For the baby's sake, may this be so. Amen. And prayer ID 63672 that my friend will get the healing they need. Quit being vengeful and gossipy and that they'll return to their home state and be happy with their family there and leave everyone involved in peace very quickly to leave amicably. Amen. Let's have just a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of healing and affirmation and comfort. May you be blessed. Amen. Well, we were we were talking about uh, sex power, and uh, last week we talked about how the um, the desire for copulation, the desire for sex, the sex that sex itself exists in anything in nature. Everything in nature has the desire for sex, and this is the natural expression of the universe to create. This is the creative force itself, the God law in action. The desire, when the laws that brought everything into creation, brought the universe into creation, creation itself has the desire to create. And everything that is created, even literature, art, science, everything, is an expression of that sex power. This is what we mean by the sex power, not just the the act of copulation itself which is the promulgation of the species. That's the protection of the species. And the two biggest things that go on in nature is eating and copulating, both of which are necessary for survival, not only of the individual, but of the species. Now, when we're looking at the idea of sex power used in um, magic, used in bringing about those things we want in the world, we have to really understand what we're doing. Because if we're using sex blindly and without intelligent intent, we're only using it for two things, pleasure and to have babies. Because there's a wide range in the character of what happens physically in that intimate embrace or caress that happens during sex. What I'm talking about is the mental attitude and the associated mental images and the mental influences and the mental projections that go on during, before the sex act, during the sex act, and af- after the sex act, sex act. So, in the mind of the lover, is filled with these mental images and thoughts of copulation with someone who is beloved. They're set into motion all sorts of physiological responses. in the mind of a casual dalliance, you know say someone you don't know, um, a uh, paid sex worker, um, someone you just met, an entirely different set of mental images, expectations and physical reactions may occur. If the mind of the lover, entertains ideas of the physical um, uh, act as an end in itself, you know, the orgasm, uh, there's physical excitement, but there's not going to be mental uh, excitement uh, to that extent. And if you, if you have experienced both these kinds of sexual intercourses, uh, sexual intercourse with someone you love and sexual intercourse with somebody that was just a physical uh, interaction, you know, you know there's a difference. And, if you have a clear remembrance of this, uh, there's a sense of incompleteness of of a sex act with someone that you don't really care that much about. Uh, It's an itch that's scratched, but it leaves you still itching. So, physical wants depend on two factors. The existence of uh, certain Faculties that require the exercise. Um, if you, you know you want food, you got to have the hunger. If you want sex, you have got to have the ability to have sex. Right? Uh, the action of the mind directing the attention to those facilities. So, if we have, if we've not been, if we've been without food, uh, we become hungry. But the mind. Uh, can be diverted from that for a while you can distract your mind so also you can you can want food when you're not hungry there can be a fictitious hunger based on stress based on uh, boredom etc uh, but the fact that sexual desire can be simulated by the mind does not make them any less real physically and this is a very important concept Um Which is why we live in a very dangerous society where sexual stimulation occurs um, almost constantly. Sexual stimulation is linked to things like buying a car, right? And uh, there's this uh, uh, ad where uh, 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 Natasha Hendricks is walking down the street. She's a very curvy redhead, which is uh, my favorite kind, walking down the street. And these guys are trying to get her to go in a car. And then she goes into her own car, and, you know, it's a whatever it is, a Prius or something. And, you know, you're looking at this gorgeous redhead, very curvy, uh, you know, plunging neckline. And you're going, oh, my God, you know, what i like to get with her. And these guys are trying to get her to go into all these various cars. And she's like, huh, no, no, <laughs> no. And she gets into that car, and you think, man, if I had that car, I could have her, right? So sex is used to sell. And it, it stimulates the nerves. It stimulates the mind. It creates fantasies and images in the mind. So we we know that the action of the mind large, depends largely upon the association of ideas. If you associate sex with certain ideas, they're going to become forged together like links in a chain. We're building to something here. So this leads us to another kind of magnetism we have talked about. The magnetic eyes, the magnetic voice, and the magnetic hand, we're going to talk about sex magnetism now. And to leave sex magnetism out of this uh, <laughs> this uh, group of players would be like leaving the Prince of Denmark out of the play hamlet, because this is what's going to fuel the entire boat. Because everybody who's ever been successful using the powers of personal magnetism knows about sex magnetism. It is one of the darker corners of attractive power, power of attraction. But it is certainly there. It's a dark corner, and it's important to shed light on it because it is very, very, very strong. So let's talk about it just a little bit. And... Uh, when you start thinking about it i want to first of all I want, I want to give you some uh, idea about this there's There's a misnomer that says the older you get, the less uh, you want or ha- want to have sex uh, It's possible the older you you know they say, well, your testosterone lowers uh, decreases, and when you do that you you can't get it up as readily. I want to tell you that sex drive is is almost entirely Psychological. It's got nothing to do with testosterone level. Nothing, nothing to do with testosterone level. And if you think that it does, it's because you think that it does. Uh, I can tell you a story. I had a, you know, a circle of friends, and uh, they were older. And uh, there was a scandal. It was a scandal. They said, "Oh my God, did you hear about so and so? Let's call him." uh," And this is not his name. Let's call him Billy. Hear about Billy? Oh no, what happened? Well, he told his wife that he has a mistress. And he's he wants a divorce, and he said this mistress excites him so much that he doesn't have to take Viagra anymore. And he told his wife that. And uh, actually, they said it like this: said that 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 she loves him up really good, and he he's he's all sexed up over her. And you know what? You know what he told her? Not what that he doesn't have to take Viagra anymore. Oh my goodness! You know, and it was like that It was a scandal. He didn't have to take Viagra anymore, and. Uh, And, you know, we're talking about a man in his 60s, a man in his 60s. He was taking Viagra and uh, because he could not perform sexually without it. And um, but when he met someone who stimulated him sexually, he didn't need Viagra. And you know what? He didn't need it before. Now, I did not get involved in this conversation. They thought it was a scandal. But I knew I knew Billy and I knew he had a terrible marriage and I knew they were miserable. They were miserable. They hated each other. I don't know why they stayed together. The last 10 to 15 years of their marriage was miserable. It was his mind. He didn't need Viagra. Now, she was demand sexually demanding of him, but he hated this woman. She hated him, but you know she wanted sex, and she was using sex to control him. There was no love in that marriage, though. And without love, he, he could not have sex without love. But as soon as he was mentally stimulated by another woman who cared about him, and he developed feelings for her. By golly, that sex drive kicked in. Now, I, I've talked to people uh, about this very thing, and uh, they talk about, uh, you know, you know, I'm almost sixty, and I'm I'm as active now as I was when I was twenty five, if not more so. And it, it's a state of mind. It is a state of mind. And the last time my testosterone was measured, it was about what you'd expect from a 60-year-old. it about nothing to do with testosterone. Nothing to do with testosterone. And uh, my doctor even said something to that effect. He said, you know, I could put you on a testosterone um, shot or something. I said, why? He said, well, you know, um, you know, men your age slow down sexually. I said, I-, I can tell you how much sex I have, and I bet I'm having more sex than you. And I told him, he said, Are I said, yes. And uh, I said, you know, my wife's a few years younger than me, and we, yes, this is, I'm not going to say it because you'll say, oh, you're just bragging, but I do. And and I said, we enjoy a very active sex life. And, I, and he said, well, you know, and go home and enjoy your hot young thing. And I said, I, I certainly will. Now, uh, it's got a, more to do with your attitude and your mind. And this is what we're talking about, sex magnetism. Um, so we can talk about the physical uh, part, but I'm, I'm more interested in the mental thought, the mental thought, and, uh, the psychological part, because I know men in their 80s who are sexually active. And I mean active. When I say active, I mean active. So, I'm not going to go into detail about theories. I want to go into detail about reality. Um, now, there are certain teachings on this subject, um, uh, that I have learned through the study of all kinds of things. And we we may even talk about tantric methods and stuff, but to the heart of it, there is um, um, there is a law uh, that you see a lot of in attraction work. It's called the law of polarity, um, and the law of polarity is simply that um, taught by ancient. Sages in the Orient, uh, taught by Western proponents of new thought, Um, everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has pairs. Everything has opposites. For a yin, there's a yang. For a plus, there's a minus. Everything has another half. So we have um, have genders, and genders have nothing to do with uh, your body genders has to do with sexuality. Um, the law of gender, um, in fact, has been proposed. Genders in everything. Everything has masculine and feminine principles. Gen- gender manifests on all planes, even on the asexual plane. So we have yin-yang, light and dark, good and evil. There's polarity. Now, modern science does this, too, realizes this, too, with magnetism, electromagnetism. What goes up must come down. Uh, uh, relativity. Objects move in a direction until, uh, you know, ten object in motion remain in motion until affected by outside forces. Um, there's there's uh, tendencies of plants even to exhibit polarity. So we find this gender polarity. In everything, even down to the subatomic level, polarity, there's polarity. Uh, so let us just and let's not get involved in gender politics uh, or anything like that. We're talking about a magnetic force that we can use for our purposes. In, in yoga, in, in ancient teachings, they called it prana and real. And these are mental and spiritual states that can be stimulated in the process of sexual attraction between people. Now, I'll tell you that in, uh, in uh, sexual yoga, this magnetic sexual element is called uh, ojas. O J A S ojas. And uh, so the, the yogis who teach this kind of thing claim that all the energies in the human body comprise uh, of of hundreds of different types of wavelengths of energy, but the highest is called ojas. It's stored up in the brain, and the more that you have in your head, the more powerful you are. So every movement coming from you will be powerful the more you have of this ojas energy. And all the forces that are working in their highest form become ojas. So it's only a question of transforming all these other types of wavelengths of energy into ojas. So the same force that's working outside as electricity, magnetism can be changed into inner force. The same forces that are working as muscular energy can be changed into ojas. And the yogis say that that part of the human energy, which is expressed as sex energy and sexual function, sexual thought, and so on, can be changed into ojas. So all this time and energy and thought that we're putting into sex, can be changed into ojas, the highest form of spiritual energy. So yogi pays, um, the, the yogi, the sage, the smart man, the person who wants to become powerful, pays particular attention to that center and tries to take up that sexual energy and raise it to ojas. doesn't mean you become celibate, although many practices do. They, they raise the sex energy through celibacy. But you control it. And you're aware of it. So, the ovaries in a woman and the testes in a man can be seen as sexual batteries containing not just the seeds for the next generation, but powerful energies that can be translated into Oshas. So, this power can turn you into the perfect man or the perfect woman. You're... Sex power, and I'm going to tell you that in Tibetan yoga, in tantric Tibetan yoga, vajrayana they talk about transforming the poisons, the lower states, lust, hate, anger, into the higher states, the paramitas, the blessings. And this is the process the Tibetans discovered to do this. This is in many different schools of thought. How how do you take things like lust, the animal sex drive, the desire to screw, how do you take this and turn it into a higher spiritual state? Dogs screw, right? How do you separate yourself as a human being from a dog? How do you take this natural desire we have to procreate and turn it into something higher, this is how you do it. You transform it into Ojas, and the Tibetans called it turning the poisons into the higher states. So you have the the lower drives, the desires and feelings, which is the general sexual attraction for men and you know men and women between each other, men and men, women and women, um, the amorous desires, and the procreative desires, you know, we're attracted to each other so that we'll procreate. So uh, we when we are attracted toward each other, there's a powerful excitation of the nerves. The entire nervous system becomes excited, and we become obsessed and focused. And uh, uh, as we approach the moment of orgasm, we're almost totally focused in a way that we're very rarely uh, focused Except through um, uh, tremendous meditation, um, and the blood pressure is at an ideal state, the heart rates in an ideal state, and there are yogic breathing principles that bring you to this state. But sex does it naturally, and so if you can take that energy at that moment and transfer it into Ojas, most people can't because you know you're you know you're about to come. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, at that point you go, we, but um, if you can manifest it as sex energy and turn it into ojas, there's a tremendous wave of power. Um, so what these great sages and wise people in, in New Thought, when they were studying this, they said, so this sex magnetism is really just another form of personal magnetism or thought force, right? And, why? Well, yes, because, you know, uh, at this time there was a whole lot of interest in uh in India and, and yogis and a lot of the Europeans had been coming back from India for a long time, ever since the Dutch New in- the Dutch uh uh trading companies, um uh, West the Dutch West India companies in the sixteen hundreds have been trading uh in India. There have been a lot of people that went and studied with yogis and came back and said, You know, you want to see what these guys can do and um uh, and bring this stuff back. So there was a lot of interest in this. And uh, there were a lot of, uh, you ought to read uh, Alexandra David Neal, Mysteries and Magic of Tibet, and some of the stuff she saw and brought back. So what you want to do is take the sex energy and raise the vibration. And uh, so we know that it's very easy to misuse sex energy, but can we turn it into a, instead of a vampiric energy, where we're preying on each other into a wave of pure thought force. Well, yes, um, I'll tell you that uh, a man or woman strongly charged with sexual magnetism can set up by induction, which is one of our techniques, um, a certain excitement of emotional nature in the mind of anybody uh, in the opposite sex. Uh, so this is this is why you have very highly charismatic. People, John F. Kennedy, Marilyn Monroe, uh, good examples, They, people say they just ooze sex. They ooze sex. Well, they sure did. They, they knew how to do this. And uh, some people do it nat- naturally. So you you can set up in anybody a corresponding vibration of anything, you know, using thought projection. You can bring anybody uh, around to a corresponding thought. We, we practice this. You know, you know, you will hire me. I am the man for this job. You like me. You know, you like me. You, you, you think I'm just the, the best thing that ever happened. I'm, I'm just a positive influence on, every, on, on everybody around here, so you want me as part of your group. So we do this a lot. You bring them around to the same vibratory thought that you are. So there's a magnetic exchange of sexual magnetism. And, you know, if you master this um, and you get good at this, Nobody can resist you. The, the science fiction writer Harlan Ellison talked about this. He said he was talking about how looks have nothing to do with getting laid. And uh, he told he told these stories about how he picked up a stewardess. Uh Harlan Ellison is about five feet tall, uh, and ugly. And he says this. And he said, he says you know I'm I'm, I'm unattractive as can be. And he said I was short and unattractive. And the way he told this story was really funny. And he talked about this um, uh, very uh, well-endowed stewardess on an airplane, and he said about he was determined he was going to go to bed with her. This was back in the uh, uh, eight, uh, 70s or 80s, and he turned it on, and she was utterly charmed with him. And um, you know, of course, he he met his goal. He said he never had any problem doing that because he projected utter confidence that he was going to win. And he, he did not know anything about uh, any of this. You know, if, you know, If anything, Harlan Ellison was a skeptic because, I don't know if you know this or not, but Harlan Ellison was one of the five people that invented Scientology with L. Ron Hubbard. And they did it as a joke. They were all high on drugs. John Campbell was one. Uh, um, I forget the names of the rest of them, but uh, if you look on YouTube, there's an interview of him where he talks about it. They were all uh, getting high. I think they were dropping acid and drinking tequila. And L. Ron Hubbard was saying, hey, I got this idea. Uh, about uh, like a fake religion, and they all contributed to it and he was one of the people that helped invent Dianetics and the next thing he said the next thing I know uh, Ronnie had written a book on it, and we we're all yeah that's really funny, but it became a bestseller and the next thing we knew he was God so uh, so uh, basically he he didn't know anything about uh, new thought or any of this, but he knew that if he projected you know you know you're going to go to bed with me and he had this utter confidence that it was going to succeed, that it would work. And this is how, you know, he wrote for Disney, and he wrote for television, and he wrote he wrote, he wrote the best Star Trek script uh, of all of them, The City on the Edge of Forever, you know, where Kirk went back in time and fell in love, and he had to watch his girlfriend die. Remember that one? Um, it was a heartbreaking episode. So uh, uh, he wrote for uh, The Twilight Zone, and he wrote for Outer Limits, and uh, wrote some great ones. Uh, but he, uh, and he's still alive, by the way, somehow, and still uh, – he also, he also wrote the story that uh, James Cameron stole for The Terminator, and, uh, and Harlan Elton sued him and made him give him credit at the end, because originally he didn't. Um, he wrote two stories that uh, James Cameron stole when he, uh, <laughs> when he wrote, quote-unquote, Terminator. So, uh, so really, the sex magnetism is apparent uh, to people who, who look around and say, you know, why is she with him? And you know, and how how is he with her? Uh, you see mism- mismatched couples. So certain members of every sex are plainly possessed of a certain subtle force, where they attract or draw to themselves interest and attention and love of um, people of the opposite sex. So they have charm or fascination or charisma, and sometimes they're far from handsome or beautiful. The charm is not beauty. It's not being a, not being handsome. Um, and uh, it's funny because you'll see very good-looking men and women who, who don't have it, and they don't attract people to them. It's that mysterious something. It's that something. So it's, um, it's, it's just something attractive. Attractive. And that's what we call it. It's attractive. So this is what we're talking about. Now, I'm going to tell you that um, there are ways to develop this and there are ways to to use it, and it's not as hard as you think. It's not as hard as you think. And you don't have to use it simply to attract men and women to you to sleep with. But you you can raise that um, sexual energy to a higher level and use it to attract People in your life that will help you, people in your life that will uh, empower you, people in your life who will be loyal to you, not you know screw you, not take advantage of you, prosperity, business success, um, spiritually inclined people. You can send out a wave of attractive energy that will dispel the users from your life, the, the haters from your life. And attract people who are loving and supportive. Let's uh, take some identi- station identification, and we'll come back here in just a little bit.
1: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie Sundays three to four thirty, Candela's Corner with Candela Canvisa, Michael Corell, and Lady A Mondays five to seven. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige You, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaye Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, add 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. <laughs>
0: Now I want to tell you about um, an idea here uh, that men especially are not going to like. Uh, uh, Male orgasm tends to weaken men. um, And the more orgasms a man has, it will weaken your vitality. And uh, in in, in, uh, many spiritual traditions, uh, men are encouraged to uh, have as much sex as they want but to practice ejaculation which is um, seminal retention and this means that you delay orgasm now you can have now essentially and men know this uh, pleasure ends at orgasm you, you experience a great deal of pleasure with sex but when you have orgasm pleasure ends uh, you know unless you know you you have a fast coefficient of uh, Restitution, you know, then you you know you come back very fast, and um, you know then you can have you know several um, orgasms. But um, in, in tantric yoga and many others, um, uh, it's been well understood that men lose vital prana when they ejaculate, and that's why it's reflected in the diminished erectile capacity, the loss of interest. In their partner, um, and you, you know it's true. Um, you can love, you can love your your uh, sexual partner with everything you have, but after orgasm, you you know you just you just kind of want to go to sleep. There's that need for sleep, and also it's very hard to access the spiritual dimension uh, after orgasm. So the seminal retention was developed. Uh, not only to reconcile the imbalance between genders, but to ensure complete female sexual f- satisfaction. Because a man who delays orgasm can go for hours. Now, the path to spiritual enlightenment through uh, the vehicle of uh, sexual ecstasy requires some sexual skill sets. <laughs> so, you got to surrender into the high states of arousal, right up to the cutting edge of orgasm, but not to the point of no return, because you don't want to overload and crash the system, right? So, uh, if you're uh, if you're uh, racing to the finish line, you know, if you think that 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 little squirt at the end is the end all of sex, then you're not going to get it. But um, we. Uh, you know, it's been said a lot by a lot of people that there's a sense of uh, disappointment or even dejection after sex, um, because afterward it's like that's it. So, um, but to achieve this truly extended ecstatic response, you delay it, and a lot of guys know this. You know, a lot of the, the hip guys. I had I had a client once tell me. Uh, uh, well, you know, my boyfriend—he's really good. He—he he can last for ten minutes. And I was like, oh, "You got to be kidding me! Ten minutes is good." And uh, I didn't go into it then. I did go into it much later, and I said, "So, you think that a ten-minute session of lovemaking is good?" He goes, "Oh yeah. The the men I've had before, uh, you know, they like three or five minutes, but he can go for ten minutes." I'm thinking, uh, "Okay, you know, hours, you know. but." Um, uh, good, good God, and uh, you know they were—they were not—not thirties not in their thirties. So um, this ejaculation, this idea of delaying ejaculation—and I don't mean just for one night—I mean for a long time. I mean you can eventually ejaculate, but uh, uh, you can—you can do this infinitely if you want to. Uh, so you. Still have peaks of pleasure, and what you're also doing is raising the sex energy to the highest level. You're more aware of it. You're more controlled of it. Um, now, you can successfully negotiate this doorway, the sexual doorway, so that that point right before, right before. Ejaculation can be prolonged. So, this requires a great deal of self-awareness. you got to really look at it at that point right before ejaculation. And the ejaculation itself is not the orgasm. You know, It's right before ejaculation. You get familiar with that, you can prolong that indefinitely. And you relax into it and... Uh, So this is like a little tightrope you walk, though. And I'm going to tell you, the longer that you delay that ejaculation, the higher the state of arousal. And uh, there's this energy at the base of your spinal cord, uh, which they call kundalini. Now, sometimes they call it serpent kundalini because of a mistranslation that goes back like 150 years, but kundalini. And this energy at the base of your spinal cord, uh... Which you which you meditate 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 to try to raise you'll feel it coil up to the point where it can't be contained, and rather than ejaculate through your penis, that energy will shoot up your spine. It's called raising the tantric energy. You know, don't don't call it raising the serpent. That I'll, I'll smack you. But you raise the tantric energy through lovemaking. And it will shoot up your spine. It hits you in the head and between your eyes, and you'll see this great flash of light. And you'll go, oh, oh, my God, what's that? And, you know, you're, you're, and this is what they do in kala chakra in, tantrics, in tantric um, lovemaking. You know, you'll have a, uh, a sexual partner in order to the direction of a monk, and it sounds kind of weird. You will, uh, you know, have uh, lovemaking with your partner. Usually it's your wife or your girlfriend. Uh, but not necessarily. It's a partner. Sometimes a monk will, you know, a Buddhist monk will, uh, llama, a llama will pick a partner for you, but you don't achieve orgasm. You achieve this heightened sense of excitation until <clears throat> you shoot into enlightenment. And uh, uh, it's uh, this great light goes off and all of a sudden you have uh, reached a point of uh, power. Now, I will tell you that this, uh, this type of work requires a great deal of maturity. So when you are doing this type of work, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the sex work is uh, pretty advanced. Uh, you got to know what you're getting into. So get your crystal ball and visualize uh, the desired events and happenings and circumstances that, you, that you're reaching for with your sex magnetism. Visualize yourself as you wish to be with your sex magnetism. Visualize others as you want them to be because you're gonna start using this to uh, manipulate reality with your sex magnetism. Happenings and events that you're going to want them to be with your sex magnetism. Because you're gonna shoot energy out when you do this. So you don't want it to just go You want want to have your chess pieces in place. Visualize your environment, surroundings, as you want them to be with your sex magnetism, and visualize your powers, your abilities, and your strengths as you want them to be along the lines of sex mag- magnetism. You're going to develop superpowers. So, if you do this, use your invincible strength of conviction. And the best way to do this is to do it with your crystal ball. Do it, um, do it through the crystal ball, and say that by, you know, by the powers of the universe. By the will of the universe, these things are going to come to me. And never doubt it. Never doubt they're going to come to you. And put that in crystal ball. Um, Because I'm going to have to warn you, though, that if you do start playing with this uh, Power Six attraction, um, you can't ever go back down to the uh, animal level with it. Because if you do, you'll set into operation that powerful action of the law of attraction and corresponding reality. Um, You'll attract to you people of like mind. What you send out will come back. And if you start thinking about the gross and animal level, that's what you're going to draw to you. People People of low character. Gross sexual nature. And also, events of the gross sexual nature, you will destroy your life. You'll destroy your life. So, once you start raising your sexual intent to the degree of high power, you can never go back. You can't go back to lustful animal uh, behavior. If you do, you're going to draw, because of your power of attraction, has become greater and more powerful. You'll draw those events and those people back into your life, or into your life, like like a tornado. And imagine it. imagine the wreckage that can bring into your life. We're running out of time. We didn't get a chance to talk about the seven keys to transformation, but we will next week because we said about all we can say about uh, sexual magnetism. If you want to read more about it, uh, there's stuff out there. I'll recommend some reading for you next time. Uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Thanks for sticking with us. Another episode of Crystal Silence League Hour in the can. Of course, we are on podcast. Go look for us if you want us. Talk to you next week.